Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. You can remain seated and you can turn in your Bibles to the beginning of books, Genesis 30 and 2. And uh, we'll be looking at that story that we find there today. And uh, no, it's not, about, it's not about Christmas. If you want another Christmas sermon, you can just go back and listen to the ones we've done all month long. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it, uh, but I felt the Lord leading me into a different direction today, and uh, maybe a little bit different than what we're expecting. Because the enemy of your soul and mine has found, or should I say, has brought back to full force an old weapon that is working all too well, and we've discussed it some, talked about it some, uh, and I do not believe that the enemy is going to put this weapon away in 2022, only I believe that he is going to step up its use against all of humanity. But the good news is God is ready to fight on your behalf. How many are glad to know you got a God that's got your back today? God is ready to fight on our behalf, but it may surprise you this morning who he decides to pick a fight with. And I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about when God picks a fight. Amen. You ever pick a fight? Every time. Amen. If you're going to pick a fight, you better make sure you can win it. It's, it's, uh, it's embarrassing to lose a fight. It's really embarrassing to lose a fight you picked. You went looking for it and you still got beat. Amen. That makes you weak and dumb. <laughs> In Genesis 32, the story of Jacob and his brother Esau is a powerful story that has much for us to learn. We see the relationships that they had with their parents. We see the trickery and deception that takes place. There are detailed events that happen between them that have repercussions for years to come. Ultimately, we find Jacob running for his life from his brother Esau. He has managed, however, on the way out to steal both the blessing from their father and the birthright. And because of his actions, Jacob becomes one, unanimous with his name. Jacob means to take the place of another, to usurp that which is someone else's. He becomes unanimous with his name, and now he is running for his life. 
As we progress quickly through the story, years have passed and both brothers have completely different lives at this point. They have gone completely different directions and have turned into completely different type of people. And when Jacob is directed suddenly by God to go towards home, God tells Jacob, it's time for you to go home. Genesis 32 and 9, and Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord would say unto me, return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. So we learn from this statement here of Jacob that the Lord has directed him. Somebody say directed him. The Lord has directed him to go home again. And then in the verse, the next verse, verse 10, I am not worthy of the least of all thy mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan and now I am become two bands. And this tells us that the Lord has blessed him greatly. Somebody say blessed him. So the Lord has directed Jacob, and he knows that the Lord has directed him, and the Lord has blessed Jacob, and he is aware to how greatly the Lord has blessed him. And then we get to verse 12, and it says, I am not worthy of the least of all thy mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant, uh, uh, which I, sta- I, I passed over the Jordan. He says in verse 12, and thou sayest, I will surely do thee good. You say this to me, God. You say that you will do me good and, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea which cannot be numbered for multitude and so God has shown him blessing but God has also showed him future blessing and abundance still to come somebody say future blessing And so Jacob is not unclear on this. There is no confusion on his part that the Lord that he served has directed him and is currently directing him back home. He is clear that the Lord that he serves has blessed him. And he is clear that the Lord that he serves has future blessings for him. That there is a future ahead of him that is more than even his mind could comprehend. Directed, blessed, and given promises by God in verse 9, 10, and 12. He makes all of these statements, but Right in the middle of this prayer, this communication with the Almighty, we have verse 11. Where he cries out in the midst of this saying, Lord, I know you've directed me. And Lord, I know you've blessed me. And Lord, I know that you have more blessings for me in my future. But in verse 11, he says, deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau. For I fear him. Lest. He will come and smite me and the mother with the children. Lest he will come and destroy me. Lest he will come and take everything away that you've given me. Lest he will come and finally get his revenge on me. You see, Jacob's past is still not dealt with. And it's risen up to strike fear into his heart. Even somebody here, preacher today, or if I'm your pastor, hear me today. It rises up to strike fear in Jacob's heart, even in the midst of all the good God has done for him. So much good that God has done. So many blessings that God has brought into his life. So many things and prayers answered and promises fulfilled that have already come to pass in Jacob's life. But somehow, because of his unresolved issue with his brother and his past history, this fear rises up inside of him in the midst of everything that God has done. The issues of the past remain in him, although everything else has changed around him. And this fear has been exasperated by the news 
32, 6 to 7, and the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, we came, we came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee, and 400 men with him. We, we went out, as you said, and we, we found your brother, and he's, he's on his way here. He's coming to meet you. I know God told you to go home, but he's coming to meet you. And he's got 400 men with him. And Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. Because his blessings had not eliminated his fear. And his present had not yet overcome his past. And Esau traveling his way with 400 men immediately became his past en route to ruin him. Fear is a powerfully destructive force. Fear is powerfully destructive. It operates most of the time off of what could be and not on what actually is. Because fear is based much upon the unknown. And because fear is based and bred in confusion. God does not use fear as a way to forge us into who he wants us to be. Because of how it works, because of the impact it has upon you and me, because of the effect it has upon our heart and mind, and even our decision-making and our thought processes, God says, I, I do not use. Second Timothy 1.7, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but he did give us something, didn't he? He said, I didn't give you the spirit of fear. He doesn't just say what he didn't give us, but he says, I didn't give you that. Instead, I chose to give you power, and I chose to give you love, and I chose to give you a sound mind. I wonder if there's anybody in the house today that would take five seconds and say, thank you to Jesus, because he didn't just say, I don't have fear for you, but I do have power, and I do have love, and I do have a sound mind. Fear steals power. Fear will steal love. And fear will steal your sound mind. But God will not operate in fear. However, the fears of our life, no matter how far in the past they reach, will rise up. And Satan will use your fears against you even when there is nothing to fear. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. You see, some people are still struggling greatly to serve God because of fear. You're not afraid of God. Your fears are based upon your own life. Oh, I pray to God this is hitting all of us today. Your fears are based upon your own life. It's your past. It's your history. It's your own decision making. And this weapon of the enemy is effective at keeping us shackled and keeping us stuck in place, paralyzed, as it were, with fear. Have you ever been paralyzed by fear? Have you ever been in one of those moments where you just froze? You didn't know what to do? Your brain couldn't seem to... Figure out what I'm supposed to do next. 
How am I supposed to react? Paralyzed with fear. This is something that is taking place in people's lives. And their spiritual walk of God gets paralyzed. And their spiritual progress gets paralyzed. And their ability to do what God has called them to do gets paralyzed. And to be what God called them to be is paralyzed. Not even because of what is happening now. Not even what's happening in this place. Uh, I don't want to overstretch, but I would think it's very probable that there's nobody sitting in this house this morning uh, paralyzed with fear. There's nobody sitting here right now uh, that is afraid of this moment in time, uh, that is afraid of being here. Uh, We have been in the presence of the Lord. Uh, We began to sing uh, about the name of Jesus. Uh, And every time you declare the name of Jesus, uh, he is always uh, going to make himself self-known and we've already felt his love and we've already felt his mercy and we've already felt his healing come into this house and we realize we're in a sanctuary we're in a safe place where the presence of the almighty God is all around us I'm not afraid it's not the present that is bothering you it's the past Oh, hallelujah. This weapon of the enemy is effective at keeping some of us stuck. First John 4 and 18 says, there is no fear in love. But there is something that can deal with fear. Perfect love. Cast it out. Fear. Because... Fear hath torment. Oh, hallelujah. It's almost as if the devil remembered that this age-old weapon is effective. It's almost as if uh, he remembered in recent uh, uh, years uh, that this age-old weapon uh, is something he should bring back out of his arsenal, uh, and he is using it very strongly and has been now uh, for many, many, many months, uh, using it very strongly because he has remembered uh, that fear hath torment. He that feareth, though, is not made perfect in love. See, your fears and our fears keep us bound in a way from experiencing the love of God as we're really supposed to experience it. Oh, hallelujah. It keeps us from experiencing that intimacy with God that is designed for us and destined to us, but fear keeps it away. Instead of living in torment, I pray today that somebody lets God's perfect love cast out all fear. I pray that before we leave this house today that somebody will finally decide in their mind uh, that no matter whether it happened last week or 50 years ago, uh, I'm going to step into the perfect love uh, of Jesus Christ uh, and I'm going to believe that his perfect love uh, is not just for my present, uh, but it's also for my past, uh, that his perfect love can deal with my fear. His failures, his actions, his own name brought up great fears 
that at this moment looked like 400 men coming to destroy him. That's what it took shape as, at least in his mind. It took shape as 400 men with evil on their faces and evil intent in their hearts, swiftly coming to destroy him and his family. That's what he saw. He couldn't see far enough to see where his brothers was. He couldn't, he couldn't reach far enough. There was no way for him to know really what was happening. All he knows is that he's coming with 400 men. Nobody stopped to ask why he was coming. The people he sent out ahead didn't stop to ask, what's your intent when you get there? They just saw him from afar and came back and told him he's coming with 400 men. And Jacob's fear did the rest. He filled in the rest of the story himself. He put in the missing pieces himself. They were coming to destroy him and his family. And so we see that human response in verses 13 through 21. Look at it with me. And he lodged there that same night and took of that which came to his hand, a present from Esau, his brother, 200 she-goats and 20 he-goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 milk camels with their colts, 40 kine and 10 bulls, 20 she-asses and 10 foals. And she delivered them and he delivered them into the hand of his servants. He, he took all of this stuff and every drove by themselves and said unto his servants, Pass over before me and put a space between, uh, betwixt drove and drove. And he commanded the foremost, saying, When Esau, my brother, meets you, and he asks you, Whose are these? Well, who, does, who does this belong to? And where are you going? And who are these before thee? Then thou shalt say, They be thy servant Jacob's. It is a present sent unto my Lord Esau. And behold, also he is behind us. And so he commanded he the second and the third. And all that followed the drove saying, on this manner shall ye speak unto Esau. He just sent group after group of gifts. Group after group of his own livestock and his own money and all of it, all the things that that he uh, that he owned, uh, he sent them in groups one after another. And as they would get there on this manner, shall you speak to Esau? Would you find him? And say ye moreover, behold, thy servant Jacob is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goeth before me. He's coming to kill me. So I'm going to send him a bunch of stuff. Group after group after group. And I will appease him with the present. The presence that goeth before me, and afterward I will see his face. Peradventure he will accept of me. So went the present over before him, and himself lodged that night in the company. So Jacob sends so much of his wealth and goods as an appeasement present. I don't know, maybe this is a Christmas message after all. I hope you didn't have to give any appeasement presents this week. I hope you didn't have to like be like, this is for you. <laughs> That's not love, is it? That's not love. He keeps sending servants ahead of him with what he calls appeasements. Presents to try and satisfy what he thinks is bloodlust against him from Esau. It's the human response. Somebody say the human response. 
Oh, I know I'm, I know I'm just kind of walking through this today. Is everybody all right? It's the human response. Mm. Try to buy them off. Try to make them happy. Hear it this way. Give away the blessings God gave you to your supposed enemy. You hear me today? Give away the blessings God gave you because you're afraid of your enemy. You want to know how the enemy gets the blessings of God? We give them to him. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I've, told, I've come to tell somebody today the only reason why you're getting rid of your blessings and giving away your promises and giving away all the things that God has given you is because you have decided within yourself that it's the only way to get through, to get by, to survive. I just got to make it through another day, so I'm going to give this away. Maybe it will appease my fear. Maybe I'll feel a little bit better about my day if I do this, if I give that up and give that up. Maybe I'll feel a little bit better. Maybe I'll feel safe for a moment. And the devil is laughing all the way to the bank with our blessings that we gave to him. He can't steal it. He can't take it away. He can't rip it out of your hands. God gave it to you. The only way he can get it is if you give it away. Oh, hallelujah. I wish somebody would determine in your spirit today that 2022, the devil doesn't get one blessing. The devil doesn't get one promise. The devil doesn't get one thing that God has determined for me and my family. I'm going to hold on to everything I have and I'm going to get more because I've got a promise from God of blessings in my future and I refuse to give them away. He calls I'm holding on to everything God gave me. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And God looks down upon Jacob, whom he has blessed. He looks down upon this man who he has given great promise to. He says, I cannot allow him to continue on living this way. God looks down upon Jacob and says, if I let him keep doing this, he's going to give it all away. If I let him keep behaving like this, he's going he's to give every promise I made him away. He's never going to experience it. Never going to live it. Never see it. Never feel it. He's going to give it away. He's going to give it away before he even gets his hands on it. Before he even knows what it truly is, I can't allow him to do this. Oh, hallelujah. I can't allow him to do this. And so God decides to pick a fight. But who does he fight with? Not Esau. He decides to pick a fight with Jacob. Hallelujah. And he doesn't fight him over his blessings. And he doesn't fight him over his family. And he doesn't fight him over his promises. The Lord, he said, I'm going to fight the fear out of you. Oh. I hate to tell somebody. I, I mean, I, I love to tell somebody today. 
you might get in a fight before this is over. Amen. I'm not going to do it. God's going to pick a fight with some people before we walk out of this place today. And he's trying to fight the fear out of you and fight the fear out of his church. He's trying to fight the fear out of apostolic, Pentecostal, Holy Ghost-filled, Jesus-named believers. He's trying to fight the fear out of people who have been destined for this time to be the light of the world. Uh, to fight the fear out of people that at this time are the ones who are supposed to be standing up and lifting up their voice uh, and telling a lost and dying world, uh, I've got an answer for what you're going through. Uh, I've got a so problem. Uh, I've got a solution for your problem. Uh, I know the way of deliverance. Uh, God is trying to pick a fight with the church uh, because he's trying to get fear out of us uh, so that we'll rise up in the new year and say, I I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Oh, hallelujah. Fight the fear out of you because it's too long you've been cowering down to fear and it's too long you've been giving in to fear and it's too long you've been dictated to by fear. And so he says, I'm going to fight the fear out of you. And how do we know? Why do we know? Why, what, what is going on here? What does the Lord say? Genesis 32, 26 to 27. He said, let me go. This is when he's wrestling with the Lord. He's wrestling. He's fighting with the Lord. the Lord. He says, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go. Jacob says, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. My name is Jacob. He's wrestling as it was with the Almighty. <laughs> By the way, just so we're clear. If a wrestling match with the Almighty goes more than that long, it's because he wants it to go longer. He wanted to struggle. This isn't about God proving how strong he is. He wanted to struggle. He wanted Jacob to feel it. He wanted something inside of Jacob. Every once in a while, you got to get something deep down inside of you that rises up and says, enough is enough you got to get some willpower deep down inside of you that rises to the surface and says, I, I don't care what yesterday was, and, and I don't care what this happened, and I don't, I'm not worried. I'm, this is enough of this now. Something's got to change. I'm not doing this another year. I'm not going to let another 365 days go by and stay the way I was before. Something's about to change. Something's about to be different. I'm not going to look the same next year that I look right now. My family's not going to look the same. You're going to see a brand new me because I've determined enough is enough. I'm not losing that battle anymore. I'm not going back to that addiction and struggle anymore. I'm not going to that darkness anymore. Enough is enough. He wanted Jacob to struggle. He wanted to fight. He wanted something to rise up inside of him. He wanted... You see, manipulators are not often fighters. They're not. Manipulators manipulate. That's what they do. They talk. They talk, and they talk, and they talk. Until the person who wants to fight is like, oh, whatever, dude. You know? We're about to go. The manipulator is like, now wait, hold on a second. 
I know you can't hit me, no hitting in the face. No, no face hitting. Okay, all right. All right, let's go. Let's go. Right, wait, just one second. No biting. You can't bite. No biting. All right, no biting. I'm not going to bite. All right, let's go. Let's go, me and you. Mano, ima. One second, though. How long do you think this is going to take? Manipulators manipulate. This is who he is. This is what he's done. This is how he got the birthright and the blessing in the first place. And how here he is all these years later. He has promises of God. He has direction of God. He even has promises of future blessing with God. But all these years later, when his fear tells him that his brother's coming to kill him with 400 men, he says, uh, well, uh, you take all them animals and you go out. And now and let them get out there a little ways. Now you take all those animals and you follow them. Now make sure you keep a gap in between because this is how I want this to happen. I want the first group to come to Esau and I want them to say, hey, this is from your brother. Hey, he's a good guy. Look at the stuff he's given you. And then right when Esau was like, wow, that's interesting. He wants the next group to show up. Hey, look, this is from, look at all this stuff. He's manipulating the situation. He's trying to get Esau to not hate him. And he hasn't even seen him in years. He's trying to stop Esau from killing him and he hasn't even talked to the guy in years. He has no idea what's really going on. And God looks down at him and sees him doing this, giving away his blessings. He's giving, he's giving away his promises. I'm telling you, there are so many promises that God has given you and given this church and given his last day's church. It's personal and it's powerful, but somebody was just giving them. I don't want to have to deal with this, so I'm going to, do, I'm going to give that away. And I don't want to deal with that fear, so I'm going to give that away. And I don't want to be afraid of this, so I'm giving that away. If it's really the devil come to destroy you you need to hear me say this he's not going to stop just because you give him your blessings he can't use your blessings anyway he can't even use them God's given some of you people power of great faith He's given you a gift of great faith and you've given it away to the devil. The devil can't use your great faith. He can't use your great faith, but you know what he does? He keeps it anyway. He'll never be able to use it, but he keeps your faith because him having great faith that no one's ever gonna use is better than you having great faith that you may use because he knows your great faith used against him will conquer him in a moment. He knows your great faith that rises up and the darkness will bring the light to pass. And so he'll, he'll take it if you're just gonna give it away. He can't even use it, but he'll take it if you're just gonna give it away. Hmm. Jacob, we give Jacob a lot of credit for not letting go when he says, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. But you got to remember who started the fight. 
God started the fight. I'm not trying to take away from that statement. I just think it was the, it was the beginning of what God was trying to draw out of him. He said, okay, now you've done all your manipulation thing and all your deception thing, and now me and you are going to fight. I'm going to fight with you until I get something to rise up inside of you. God started a fight with him. And when he speaks, when God finally speaks to him, his question is, what is thy name? And he had to answer, my name is Jacob. He's fighting now, but he has to say, my name is Jacob. It represents all of my past mistakes. It represents a part of me that, that I don't like, that I hate, that I despise. It represents my fear. It's Jacob. Genesis 32 and 28, and God said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but your name is going to be Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and has prevailed. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I need the church to hear that statement today. Power with God and with men. Let me tell you what we need to come to the realization in 2022. Let me tell you what this church needs to come to the realization of. We have power with God. We know we have power with God. I don't have any issues at all with this church. We get together, we know, whoa, we've got power with God. Somebody walks up into these altars, uh, there's people ready to lay a hand of faith upon their head and pray the prayer and call on the name of Jesus uh, and believe that miracles are going to take place. Uh, all throughout the year, we have Power Sunday, Miracle Sunday, Deliverance Sunday. And I never have to get everybody all hyped up. I don't ever have to get everybody all like, oh, come on, people, we, we really believe. Let's show up. I, I don't have to do that, no because this church knows that they have power with God. But I've come to tell somebody today we need to come to the realization that we have power with God and with men. You hear what I'm saying? We have power. It's not just some supernatural thing, but we have power on this earth. In the name of Jesus, there is nothing in humanity that is going to stop the church of the living God. What are we afraid of? Go ahead and open up that mouth and let your testimony come out. Go ahead and pray for that coworker at work. Go ahead and believe that it can happen in the supermarket or on the street corner. Go ahead and act in faith. You've got power with God. God and with men. You've got power with God and with men. This fear that is holding us back from being the light and the salt that we're supposed to be. This fear that holds us back from really evangelizing our world the way we're called to do it. Blessed to do it. Empowered to do it. The way we have to do it in these last days. We have got to come away from this and realize I've got power with God and with men. And has prevailed. How did he prevail? He fought his fears. He said it out loud. <laughs> he knew what it meant to say, my name is Jacob. And he said it out loud. And Jacob called the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face. And my life is preserved. I wrestled with him. I fought with him. And he changed me. 
God picked a fight with me in the night. He picked a fight with me. And I fought. And I struggled. And he, he delivered me. He changed me. Oh, hallelujah. The next thing that happens is he looks up to see 400 men bearing down on him. He organizes his family in position to introduce them to Esau. And then he steps out in front of them to meet Esau first. No more appeasement offerings. No more presents to try to buy his life. No more hiding back in the hills and letting somebody else deal with the punishment of it. And here comes the 400 men. And here comes Esau, his brother, out in front of him. And all of the fears of his yesterday are in just a moment proven to be pointless. As Esau runs to him and the brothers embrace and weep together. Everything his fear told him was going to happen didn't happen. Everything his fear caused him to believe was going to take place literally the opposite he's envisioned his brother riding in fiercely and with fury jumping off of his horse with a weapon in hand with 400 men screaming behind him to slaughter his long lost brother and instead his brother dismounts and walks over and takes him into his arms Your fear is lying to you. It's stealing your power. And it's stealing your love. And it's stealing your sound mind. And you're giving your promises away. And you're giving your future blessings away. And what was determined to be by God... It's all gone when he realized his fear was a liar. See, Jacob did not really have faith in God. He did not really have faith in God to the degree that was necessary until God picked a fight with him. God called him out pointed in his face what is your name I've come to fight with you about how you're living your life I've come to fight with you God says about the decisions you're making I've come to fight with you about your behavior I've come to pick a fight with you because I've got something for you that I've, I've got to give you got another name for you. One of the most precious names given in scripture. I've got a name for you, Jacob. I've been holding on to this name. I need there to be a beginning. I need there to be an Israel. 
want you to be my Israel. But you can't be my Israel if you're giving away all of my blessings and all my promises. You can't be my Israel if you're holding on to your past. And if you're afraid of your future, I need an Israel that will march into the future with boldness and with courage and with power. I need an Israel who knows who their God is. I need an Israel that has relationship with their God. I need an Israel that knows they have power with me and power with man. I need an Israel who knows. Fear is a liar. I can't give that to you until you, until you fight. So I'm going to fight this. Stand with me if you would, please, today. He overcame by letting go of his name. By letting go of Jacob, the supplanter. He overcame by embracing who God intended him to be, Israel. One who strives with God. God picked a fight with him so he could quit fighting fear. See, you're fighting fear. So God's going to pick a fight with you. So you'll have to stop for a minute and look at the situation and say, is this who I really want to be? Is this who I really want to be? Because if I'll stop fighting and manipulating and trying to do all of these tricks with fear, I've got a God who will not just fight me to wake me up, but once he wakes me up, he'll fight alongside me. I've got a God who will fight with me. I wish you'd close your eyes now and lift your hands unto the Lord. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also, don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you, and we hope you have a great week.